I'm going to start recording what we're saying now. JRP. J, here we start. JRP. 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 I'm going to be your intro uh, guy. JRP. 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 How long is this intro? Just enough to make you uncomfortable. JRP. 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 All right. Joe, I really appreciate you coming to do this. Do you, are you just saying that or do you mean it? I, maybe it's half about No, I really do. Mean because it here because it's 24 miles of, out of my area. Yeah. I tied in wham cam with you. you I basically wrap my whole life around you to do exactly. This. That's the part that I appreciate is that we're doing this right now. But I do. And we've been planning or trying to plan this for about a year now. So I'm glad that you decided to, uh, to stop by. Well, if there's one thing, it's because my students, even though you're not officially my student, but I'm right. a Marywood guy. Yes. And you are a Marywood guy, so I do what I can to help the youth of America. This is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy intercepted me in the hallway a year or two ago. I don't know. We planned on this. It never happened. And now here we are. Yes. That's the way that it works with most of the people that I get on here. They're usually planning for quite a while before they come and actually are here. Now, and I appreciate you coming here and doing it too, because I get a whole lot of, the Zoom you know, stuff. yeah, let's do it over I was going to say, how do you feel about that? And I, I don't like it for podcasts. You I, do not? I really don't. It's too much. The quality is just not there when you're doing it over Zoom, first of all. Um, as a podcast producer, I work with a lot of podcasts that are doing Zooms, and they're sending me their audio files, which just are not up to speed. Their video is especially not up to speed. Because that's what I'm thinking of doing someday, the Zoom. A production. It, it can kind of work. There are better platforms to do it on, too, yeah. for podcasting, though, especially. It depends on how much you care about having See, that video, I can too. learn from you. This yeah. is another reason I'm here. Yes. It's, 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 it's selfishly driven. <laughs> I infiltrate the youth. I pretend I'm helping them. And then I'm extracting knowledge from you without yes. you knowing. Well, I, I'm aware of it. Now, 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 you're, now you're telling me that, that I'm doing it or that you're doing it. But yeah, that's another thing. And the other, you know, the other big thing about Zoom is that I just feel like how many conversations have you had with people on Zoom just in general? Were you teaching last semester on Zoom or doing any of that? Or? No, I, because I'm an old guy now. Would you call me an old guy? Probably. <laughs> see, as honestly, I love it. As you get older, you'll see this. Look, you've been full time with WNEP since... Since I was you were born, born. <laughs> for whatever reason, you'll learn this and you'll remember this as you get older and it's something you have to fight. You tend, you know, the old set in your ways, maybe, but you tend to then reject, reject new stuff. Okay. So once zoom started becoming popular, I'm like, ah, I don't want zoom. I'm like that. I'm like that guy. I don't want zoom. <laughs> zoom. I remember when I was in high school. Yeah. This is going to prove to you how old I am. Okay. VCRs started to come out. Microwave ovens started to come out. <laughs> and answering machines started to come out. Yeah. And I remember my parents yeah. being against those things. Being against those things. I don't need a microwave. I'm going right. to cook the old-fashioned way. I don't want to learn about an answering machine. Ah, VCR. And I was the kid. Ah, we got to get a VCR. We got to get a microwave. We got So it's just naturally abrasive, I think, as you age to reject the yeah. new stuff. So I wasn't into Zoom because... It was this new stupid thing. Yeah. So I'm going to try to reject that. I'm going to get into Zoom. I'm going to get into everything you're going to make me get into. Okay. Well, we'll make that happen. What did you, and now I'm curious, what did you do last semester? Because you still teach in the fall, right? I know you have like what, yeah, two yeah. classes. Yeah. So we just, 
every last year at around this time, I was teaching uh, oceanography and meteorology. Okay. And then in March, it came to a halt, like yes. everyone's life. Yeah. And they wanted to do the the Zoom broadcast and the Zoom interaction and the online teaching. But I think it was better. I would sit home in the privacy of my office and I would record lectures animated uh, with my big Mac <laughs> bitten back of me. Right. And I would record my lectures in front of my iPhone. And it was interactive. It was it was visual. I had my display of right. my Big Mac with my PowerPoint yeah. so I can show visuals. And then I downloaded that, uploaded it to my OneDrive, and I said, students, here's today's lecture. Whether it's an hour long, 15 minutes, whatever, do it on your own time. <laughs> Don't you think that's better? Yeah, I mean... Because then you can pause. Yeah. I know you can eventually do that on Zoom. But it's there. Take it when you yeah. want it. Well, being on the flip side of that, too, you know, I am a student and I had, I, I think during the semester that we weren't there, I had every variation of teaching that you could have. I had live classes through Zoom. I had teachers that were doing it your way where they just recorded something for 15 minutes and sent it to us and doing all those discussion boards. So and what stuff, did you whatever. like? Tell the truth. Were you a Zoomer? Were you a live guy? Or did you like the digest it when you it's, want on your own time to be honest i don't know if i had a preference between those things it was just the bigger discrepancy is between the teachers that can figure out the technology and the ones that can't you know just in general with the grading with the quizzes like how to actually put a quiz online yeah. was a problem with a lot of them or some of them i had one that was doing live classes. He was doing it that way, but he just could not like figure out how to get his microphone on. We would sit there for 20 minutes. So frustrating. Like for the first half and he'd be sitting there talking and we'd be there. Like we see that, that can't I could, everything about my life is with this personality problem. I have short attention span. Can't relax. So I'm not going to sit there on Zoom and get things right. ready. I feel my whole life going down the hourglass. Yeah. I want to I want to I want to be economical with all my time and make the use of everything. So this yes. was the most efficient way I thought I can do it. Right. What what else changed for you because obviously you're working with WNEP and that type of stuff too. Like how did that all work together for you once the pandemic hit? I'm not telling you. Okay. <laughs> That's a terrible way to do a podcast. Him. I'm messing with him, and he's all <laughs> intense on me. This guy, your intensity in 10 cities, live at Budokan. In 10 cities. I like that. That's I've a, never heard that's that. That's a Ted Nugent album from way back when. I forget the question. I, I want, I'm curious to know how your life kind of changed during the pandemic. So you had to work from home with WNEP. You had to work from home Oh, teaching. great, yeah. You had so, to do all this stuff. Um, pretty much everything shifted like yeah. yours, but it wasn't that bad for me. Okay. I am naturally, believe it or not, a little bit of an introvert, a little bit of a lone, <laughs> a little bit of a loner. Good. And it didn't bother me at all. I got out of weddings. I got out of <laughs> I got out of family gatherings. Yeah. I got out of a lot of nonsense that slows me down, and I was able to fine tune my life. Now, did I like broadcast? This says something about humanity, doesn't it? A lot of my colleagues felt this way. You have this opportunity to work from home. Yeah. To walk down the steps after you eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and work in your own home, <laughs> yeah. and then you end it and you go back upstairs in your own home, make a right. grilled cheese sandwich, watch TV, then go back to work. You would think it'd be better, right? You would. But I'd rather get in my car it. at three yeah. in the morning, drive 20 miles down the road, yeah. go into a building with people and interact. Yeah. 
So that's one thing that changed. Is it because of the interaction? Why would you rather it that I way? Is it know. easier for you to separate? That, I think that's a big problem a lot of the people have is separating their home life from their work life. When they're working like that, they can't get themselves to do the work. Or no, it's not that. Dis- I think it's very dangerous to the human brain to be in one location all the time. If mm. you ever wonder why senior citizens are all nuts, you know they're <laughs> nuts. Come on. Your grandmother, your great aunt, whoever it is, they're nuts. It's because of isolation. Because sitting there. You can't just sit home all day. Now, maybe you're going to say, well, I walk my dog or I go mm. to the grocery store. That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> you must go out into the world and do things every day you don't want to do. Yeah. That's what makes life rich. Yeah. So um, uh, I, I was home for two months. I was teaching online at home, but I would find ways to get out. And I would ride my bike and I would just go yeah. do things uh, that are productive. And I would advance some of my PowerPoints. And luckily, that only lasted from March through April. And then by May, I was back at work. Okay. Then the semester ended. It was summer. Then back in the fall semester, we were back at Marywood. So I was out. Oh, okay. I was out, yeah. So, so were you Were you back at Marywood yeah. in the fall? I was doing... one of the few uh, instructors, according to my students, that actually did yeah. have class. Yeah. Yeah, I had like one out of my seven classes I was taking was, Why is was that? there. Do you know if it was up to the instructor? Why wouldn't you want to get out? Yeah, I don't know. It was it was optional for everybody, right? Like it was right. Kind of, yeah, it was and kind I said, of this, "Hell, like, no, I'm getting out. I'm not gonna do <laughs> yeah. this from home. You kidding yeah. me?" Yes, that must have been nice. Did you have a lot of students showing up? Because I had was... uh, a, a meteorology class. It was it was a restricted schedule, so I only had one class last semester with thirty students, and all but I believe six or seven were there. But okay. it was difficult because I had to break my class up into two groups Yeah, because... for social distancing, and I had to do twice the work. So instead <laughs> of one lecture for three hours, yeah. I had to do two lectures. Yeah. Were they hour and a half each Hour time and a half each, the... and then mm-hmm. the other hour and a half was online, but it was still oh. a lot more work to double yeah. it up, you know? Yeah, but that's what I do for you <laughs> and you, the youth of America. It's the least I can do. I'm not going to do this at home in my basement with my dog taking a <laughs> dump outside in the background and my wife yelling at me upstairs. No, I got to leave that place. I can imagine. I have to leave this. I have to leave you everywhere leave. all the time. That was, I was just running all over the place doing whatever I could do Yes. whenever I was. Yeah. Do you ever notice when you're home, whether you're watching TV, playing video games, I don't care what you're doing. And then you do something like as simple as, Oh, I got to go pick up a quart of milk. Yeah. And you come back and you're almost like recharged. Yeah. You come back, oh, look at this. It's my kitchen. Yeah. It's my living room. I miss you. <laughs> so could you imagine that times 10? Go for a two-hour hike. Right. Go for a bike ride. Yeah. Go interact somehow with people. Whether it's walking at a distance with them, mm-hmm. you will find your brain recharged. Yeah. You can't stay home. I picked up disc golf over the course oh, yeah? over the course of this um over the quarantine there and i traveled so much more just to do that too while i i never thought i would have like we were going to new jersey to play disc golf see i picked up new friends i was going just enough to to get the juices stroudsburg we went to new york for my birthday to play disc golf it It was justin i'm looking at you let me change your life forever right now you look like you have a biker body okay i want you to start cycling it'll change your life yeah you mountain bike your road bike whatever you want that will do it for you, buddy. Yeah, you do that a lot, too. Anybody that follows you on Facebook. I just got a text. I'm going to look. Okay. Go ahead. And I'm anti. I'm anti no texting during podcast. Okay. Why is that? 
Look is at there, this. Is there a deep backstory behind that? Because it adds fakeness to things. That's true. This is real. I got a text. I'm going to share it with you right now. Okay. My wife. Any plans for tomorrow night? Alicia invited the girls over for drinks. They're going this cycling. Is, <laughs> this is what my wife just texted to me. Watch this. No, have fun. That's it. So this is what's happening in my life. See, is that, it keeps is, it real. Is that how you keep your marriage healthy right there? <laughs> she, well, no. I mean, yes, yes. You can't be restrictive. You can't be, um, um, no, you're not going or insecure. Who is this you're going with? I don't, <laughs> I don't trust that person. Are you going to have an affair and leave me? <laughs> and then what? I'll be stuck home in my kitchen forever. Uh, what were we Let's saying? I don't know, but now oh, you got biking. Me yes. Cycling for me, I tell my wife is not only, uh, I don't, I have friend, uh, some of which a friend once made fun of me. What do you think you're going to live forever? You know, yeah. that has not, I don't bike to stay fit. I don't bike to live longer and stay healthy. I bike because it's my therapist. You like, you like biking. I like, I like, <laughs> yeah. it makes me feel alive Yeah, and it, it keeps me youthful and it keeps yeah. my brain charged. So all the good stuff that comes from biking, like maybe, uh, staying fit. Yeah. And uh, maybe living longer, who knows, yeah. are byproducts of what I go yeah. for is to make me feel alive. Yeah. Do you do anything else like that outside of cycling? You must do a lot of things that make you feel alive because you have been bringing a lot of energy to the table everywhere you go. Uh, I, I'm always, uh, you know, let, let's paint this. Let's fix that. <laughs> let's redo this. Let's clean the basement. <laughs> let's rip apart this. Let's uh, get new shr in the summer spring fall yeah. let's get new shrubs to cover that part of the yard that's it's always something i can't really just like you can't sit still sit yeah. still and when i see people sitting still um i try not to be but i judge <laughs> and then i think i'm a horrible person do you yeah because i don't understand why anyone would sit down and watch a football game for example mm. i don't understand okay. why anyone would sit down and when they say am i offending you guys no the, the this should be the 11th commandment thou shall not say let's binge on blank <laughs> i like that i agree with people that who binge do you realize you only get if you're lucky maybe 70 yeah. years on this planet you're gonna sit around yeah. in front of a glowing screen and watch other people do stuff yeah. Folks, this is life on planet Earth. So are you like a non-anything watcher, a non-movie watcher? I tell non my children, uh, I don't know if they'll follow this. I say, in life, don't be a spectator. Okay. Be a doer. Yeah. So while you're watching other people do things, what, what are you doing? What are you contributing right. to the planet? Right. You're watching them do yeah. things. Now I understand you want to watch a football game every now mm -hmm. and then or, you know. I'll sit down and watch in the summer, maybe 10 minutes of the Tour de France. Okay. But then that's it. I got stuff to do, man. Life's passing by. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is. I agree with that completely. People get so mind boggled today, especially in quarantine times when I, tell, like, I don't have cable. I don't have a Netflix oh, subscription. I love it. I I've, love it. I've never seen any like movie in my life. That's that's an exaggeration. But and I, and people... I, yeah, so I don't want to be hypocritical. Mm -hmm. I do go to the movies. Okay. I will watch a movie once in a while. Yeah. I, I, you know. There's two hours uh, of my Friday night. Right. I'll sit down with my wife. We'll watch a movie. I enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not saying I never relax. Well, that adds value to 
other areas of your life too. Yeah. Right. When yeah, you're talking yeah, about that. It's, yes, exactly. And then I'll say, honey, you want me to rub your back? <laughs> we're watching this movie. No. So you, you, I, there's wind down times. Yeah. But I am not going to religiously watch football. I'm not going right. to religiously watch TV shows. I got mm-hmm. stuff to do. Yeah. In the winter, like now, I will watch movies while I bike on my rollers at home. It's perfect. Oh, okay. So rollers, you hook. There's another problem I have. People who buy um, the these cycling trainer things. <laughs> like like the Peloton bikes? Like That's the, one of the, the examples. That, I'm like, okay, some thing? people have to do that, maybe because of their job or where they live. But you realize that's like having sex with a blow-up doll. <laughs> Do you realize you can really buy a bike and go and yeah, do go things? Bike, yeah. Why would you want to do this fake bike might, riding? I might see places. Okay, well, let yeah. me play devil's advocate, though. What if I, I don't even know what devil's advocate is? That is, is, is it safety? Like, they don't want to get hurt? That would even, falling be, down that would even be, that's pathetic or, then. Yeah. Well, I would agree, but like because I said, devil's advocate. Because now you're taking advocate. the safe route in life, and you're, oh, no. That better <laughs> not be the reason. Because I if you're like worried about safety... Over living, you're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Do you want to stay on the bench where it's nice and safe? I don't. Or do you want to go out there and play? Do you want to risk getting hurt, breaking a leg, but you're going to live? (laughs) The guy on the bench, he's not going to get hurt. But look at him. Not not you. (laughs) It's your heart's on the bench. The guy on the bench at the Super Super Bowl, he's not getting hurt, but he's not living either. Right. So no, it better not be for safety. Now, devil's advocate. Maybe there's that guy who works. Well, some people want to be warm. Maybe it's temperature control. They want to bike inside. <laughs> you, do, you don't like the cold. <laughs> I don't like the cold, but I dress for it and I go out. In. Maybe that was that one person they work from 7 a.m. Oh, here we got a call from Sarah. This is going to be good. Are you ready? Okay. This? this is definitely going to be extend your car insurance. Here we go. <laughs> Go ahead. This is an urgent message for the vehicle owner. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. You should have received something in the mail about your car's extended warranty. I've been getting a lot of those, too. Uh, cool. How do they Did anyone the ever... I like your lock screen there. That's a uh, Eclipse that my son took the picture of in uh, oh, Nebraska awesome. 2017. I took the whole family out for a total solar Eclipse. Oh, you took the family out. Yeah, for, we drove out that west. That sounds like Joe Snedeker. There you go. We took the family right out for a, uh, uh, this was uh, August 2017, three kids in college. I think my daughter was just starting college, something like that. But anyway, um, yeah, we did. We had a great time. Yeah. Actually, my son Luke didn't go because he was involved with the soccer team. But okay, we had to drive to Nebraska <laughs> to get under the moon. For the Eclipse. It was great. It was great. Where where did your passion for earth science and all things in that come from? Because you've got to be one of the most passionate meteorologists. No, Justin, where did your passion for 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 podcasting, podcasting come from? from? It's the same place. That's a good. That's true. Yeah, and that's, that's why you're here with the black curtains <laughs> and the fancy umbrella lights. <laughs> And a big, gigantic TV and these expensive microphones because you're following your passion. Yeah. So mine was uh, built into me since I was a kid. I just always loved. Did uh, you do stuff like that as kids? That was something when I when I was reading this bio here, it didn't seem to mention much about like there were no indicators that as a kid (laughs) 
You know, you weren't. It doesn't say anything about you like digging up earthworms out of the ground or anything. Because I that to me would sound or, pretentious if I did. <laughs> okay. So do, I had, do you come up with this? Do they ask you, or are they like, "Hey, Joe, we need a bio for we you"? Need a bio, just, and I wrote it, and here it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. But no, I've always had passion for meteorology, earth and space science, geology. Okay. It was since I was like nine, ten years old, maybe okay. even younger. I don't know, but uh, it was always there. And that was just that, that just came out of you. There was no like trip you went on with your uncle or something no, that made you realize. Like that. I just always loved it. And when I was probably 10, 11, I started setting up my own weather stations in my backyard. <laughs> That's awesome. And I used to pretend. What does that entail? What do you mean you set up your own weather stations? Because I don't, um, I don't know what's in a weather station. Well, you have the wind instrumentation, the rain gauges, the hygrometers, barometers. I had it all. So nice. I would monitor and log daily weather from my house in Simpson, which is uh, you know a good twenty miles from here, mm. when I grew up, and um, I would chart weather right through high school, college. I loved it. That's awesome. I We're, couldn't wait to study meteorology. So yeah, I was going to say, did you have that opportunity in high school to do that? Take those not, types of classes. Nothing like anything? that. No, nothing like that. But I couldn't wait to take earth science in ninth grade. Okay. And had good science teachers, and I loved it. But a lot of it I already knew because I was really passionate about it. So I couldn't wait to go to college. I don't know if you ever heard the story. It might be on my bio, but I didn't go to um, my high school prom. Yeah, that is in the bio. Oh, okay. I do, I do remember that. I hate, I hate pomp and circumstance. <laughs> or I think it said you went, but you hated it. I hate it. I hate any. Yeah, there it is. It's, yeah, he's yeah. highlighting it right there. Went to went to senior prom, hated it. Acted <laughs> acted, acted like she following her. I think I went to the junior her. prom. I think I went to, I think I went to the junior well, you to, prom. You'll have to update your bio on yeah. WNEPs. No, I, I couldn't. I skipped high school graduation. No I skipped class night because I just wanted to go to college and get, get going already. Yeah. Just, and was this set in your mind? You're like, I'm going to be a meteorologist. Was that I'm going to study the these things that I'm interested in. I want to find out all these things that are pregnant in my mind. Okay. So whether I wanted to be a TV meteorologist, whether I wanted to be a science teacher, that all just was, okay, I'm going to go study this stuff that I love. Let's see what comes out of it. Right. So it was kind of like that. Yeah. And then here's something I didn't know too that I was looking into when I got into this is what what is the roadmap of your career then? Because I think in there it said you started, you were teaching first, <laughs> the right? Roadmap. Yeah. yeah. In 1984, when I went to college as a meteorology major, I started taking courses um, in introductory earth science. So I found out that I don't just love meteorology. I love geology. I love okay. oceanography. I love the geosciences. Yeah. So that's what I majored in with emphasis in meteorology. But my uh, guidance, uh, what are they called in college? They're called um, like... Uh, yeah, I can't think of it They right have now. a better name than guidance counselor. <laughs> like, yeah. Advisor like or a, something like that. Yeah, yeah, they do call them advisors. Well, Joe, I see the path you're taking, but why don't you take teaching credits too? So I did. No, yeah. So when you know the day I graduated from uh, college with this deep, um, varied uh, bachelor's degree in the geosciences, meteorology, I also had my teaching credits. Right. So the high school that I graduated from, Carbondale area, had an opening. <laughs> the woman was pregnant with, I think, her first child, and they needed someone to teach science. Oh, geez. I'm out of college literally a week, and yeah. I get this position. So I started teaching. Um, Is that just what you were doing full-time to get kick-started out of college? Uh, I'm sorry? Is that, is that, was that your full-time job right yeah, when you got that out was of college? It, but it was okay. called a per diem. So I was not a contracted okay. uh, full-time teacher. I was replacing this one teacher. Right. So I did that for a year and I think I was very successful at it and management knew that. 
uh, at Carbondale area teaching staff. And the next year there was an older guy who was mm -hmm. about to retire, <laughs> but he took all of his sick days for a whole year. Right. So now, now I'm on my second year as a fill-in guy. Yeah. So finally, after that teacher came back pregnant and that teacher then retired, I got a full-time position yeah. as a science teacher at Carbondale area. And I love yeah, I was going to say, you you must have picked up some sort of passion for teaching just as well as the subject that you are teaching because you're still doing it in college. Yeah, it's like you today. with the podcast. So once yeah. I started teaching uh, 1988 until 1992, uh, was, I was loving it. I'm thinking, this yeah. I can do this the rest of my life, no problem. What did you like about it? I liked interacting with students. I was still okay. a young guy at the time. You know, I'm 23. I'm teaching, <laughs> yeah. I'm teaching 18-year-olds. Like yeah. So... I had no discipline problems. It was just fun. Right. They liked it. If you like something, other people are attracted to it. That's okay. I can see that. Yeah. So it was just all good. Yeah. And uh, I was, I, I was in my mind changing the world because these students were learning something that they appeared to like from a guy who right. loved what he liked. And I had te teachers uh, tell me I was doing a great job and uh, right. colleagues and students who then couple of them went off to a teaching career, science career, meteorology career. I felt I'm making a difference. Yeah. <clears throat> but in 1992, uh, how about this? I get a knock on the door from a colleague at work, and they said, hey, WNEP is looking for a weekend meteorologist. <laughs> and to me, I was like, I, I'm, I'm doing this now. This is great. Right. Okay, so is that what it was? Was it in your head like, I'm, I'm a science teacher yeah, now. Yeah, it's not that I, for the rest of my yeah. life this is it, but I still wasn't yeah. thinking about it. I was right. still living at home with my parents. I was a science <laughs> yeah, teacher. Nice. You know, this was, it was all good. I'm dating um, a girl, getting married in 92, okay. my first year married. But then this Knox says they're looking for a weekend meteorologist. And I'm like, jeez, uh, uh, oh, oh, okay, maybe I'll apply. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, this was the 90s, and... Mm. TV was a little different then. Now, if you go to be a, a meteorologist, there's different ways you can get there. But they usually, if you want to do TV, they'll give you background in green screen, presentation, right. <laughs> yeah. broadcast. I had no experience in any, in of, that. any of that. I never stood in front of a green screen. I never took a journalism course. I have no broadcasting experience. But I wrote this um, letter. This is pre-email <laughs> now. Writing letters. Writing okay. letters with pictures of my weather data and my weather station and my right. meteorology background and degree. And I sent it to Tom Clark. Okay. And I, I heard you're looking for a weekend, blah, 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 blah. Right. So this, again, a lesson maybe for you and others, it was a different approach. I didn't come mm -hmm. down there and get an application. Yeah. I didn't make a resume. Yeah. I sent pictures of my weather station. My backyard weather station, homemade. <laughs> I sent That's awesome. I sent pictures of of 10 years of weather data from when I was a teenager. Yeah. Photo Polaroids. Yeah. And I and I sent a quirky letter to Tom Clark. And wouldn't you know, he thought, here's a guy who's passionate about, about meteorology. Yeah. Come on down for an yeah. interview. So I went down there, and I thought I really uh, flubbed it because okay. I was nervous. I had never done on-screen anything. Right. I never stood in front of a camera to do yeah. a, 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 you know, a, a forecast. I knew the science, but I don't mm -hmm. know broadcasting. Right. So I thought, ah, who cares? I have nothing to lose. I got a full-time <laughs> job. I'm happy. He called me back for a second interview. Okay. I did it again. Yeah. And then I started doing little um, um, 
broadcasts, um, tests before I go on air with it at WNEP. But then the time was right. Within a few weeks, he said, let's do it. So I started on the weekend morning shift. And I tell you, at first, I felt, I don't know, I was pretty bad. <laughs> I was pretty bad. Do you still have the footage of that? Can you ever yeah, like go back to it? Well, and, like, it's look there. At, we show it often yeah. every year, my first broadcast. It was actually the evening shift. They moved me to mornings later. I was wrong. But it's another lesson for everyone out there who's listening, maybe the youth. Yeah. Guess what I did for that first broadcast? I put on a suit. I, <laughs> I combed my hair perfect and I was very rigid and yeah. professional, which yeah. is what you're supposed, supposed to, to be. do. Yeah. And I wasn't myself. Yeah. So I did that for a few weeks. I don't know the exact timeline months. Okay. And I, and I wasn't, well, I wasn't me, whether I was doing a good job or not. I don't know, but I thought this is not fun. I'm not having a good time. I'm ready to leave. Okay. Cause it wasn't what I wanted. So is that, did you go and tell them like, Hey, I'm out of here. Cause no, I don't like no, what I'm doing. No, I was doing good and making a little extra money on the side. Everything's yeah. good. But I think this is a moment that kind of changed things. I remember I got a, um, um, it was a cold, it was a cold winter winter's day. And the news director said, Joe, you did your forecast without wearing gloves and it was cold. <laughs> People watch you to see how to dress. And I'm thinking, Oh, all right. And then you started wearing like <laughs> shorts. Screw this. Screw this. I'm going to wear shorts. It's really cold. How about I do the forecast in shorts? That'll show them. Not that I was trying to be a rebel, right. but I had nothing to lose. And I didn't like this. Put on gloves because people are wearing it. Well, you know, come on, really? Yeah. They're not watching me how to dress. To... Yeah. So I started being myself. I started wearing shorts. Yeah. Not only not wearing gloves, but I'll start wearing shorts. I'll start putting different characters on my weather maps. I'll start being, <laughs> I'll start being, how mixed. much control do you have over that over 100%. The production process? Yeah, it, okay. Well, early on it was, it was a primitive computer system and it was hard to do. Oh, and, I used to dress, us, yeah. and I used to draw stick figures, <laughs> but then it got a little bit more um, sophisticated over the years. Yeah. But anyway, the moral story is I started slowly becoming myself. What was the, the reaction? The reaction yeah. was great. <laughs> okay that's the beauty oh well, yeah i mean you're still there so yeah so maybe people. initially it was i can't believe he's doing this but i think they started to realize people are watching now they're mm -hmm. talking yeah there's a guy who's being himself who's a little eccentric who's a little bit who wears shorts in 30 degrees <laughs> but so what yeah so the ratings started to go up and that was 1993 four-ish so I was doing both. Keep in mind, I was a science yeah, teacher yeah. full-time, then I was working weekends. Yeah. So I did that for six years. Yeah. I was the weekend guy who was uh, wearing shorts and adding a little excitement and character, and my, I was still a science teacher. So then the big decision came in 1998-99, we want you to leave your teaching job and go full-time with us. Right. And be that goofy, eccentric guy you are or have become. So okay. that was a big decision I had to make. Yeah. Yeah, and you became a personality. You kind of flipped it. You went from full-time teaching and part-time WNEP to... Well, that flip didn't just WNEP. happen, buddy. So in 1999, they asked me to go full-time. I had a... What's this little thing on the desk here? I got to scrape that off. That always bothered me. It looked like a dried-up cornflake. Were you eating cornflakes? I was not. <laughs> Especially not over there. I ate on this side of the table. <laughs> it's 1999, 
And what I did, they asked me to go full time and they gave me a nice raise. They said, we'll make, we'll give you what you're making with your teaching job and your weekend position here and we'll combine it and even give you a little bit more. And all you have to do is work five days a week for us. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, okay. (laughs) But what I didn't tell them was that I kept my teaching job. I took a sabbatical for a year. Nice. I needed a backup plan. Right. So, and when you're a teacher and you're, you're a tenured teacher, you could take a year off. You don't get paid, but your position is held. Right. So after one year of doing the TV thing, guess what? Yeah. I'd rather go back to teaching. Isn't that something? At the end of that, that year. That is something, actually, yeah. I just felt like it goes back to what the, the, the what I said earlier. I love the interaction with people yeah. and having fun and being goofy and, and changing lives. And I wasn't doing that on TV. I, I mean, it was fun, but it was just... You're sitting, most of the, you, you know, you see me on yeah. TV. It looks great. Yeah. Look at, he's having a good time. Yeah. Oh, da, da, da. But that's how long? An hour or two a day. What's right. the other eight, seven, six, yeah. seven hours? I'm sitting in front of a computer. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. So I said, I'm going back to teaching. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> how are you going to do that? I said, I took a sabbatical. Yeah. Now this is night. This is the year 2000. Yeah. 2001 would you leave by that point now i have three kids i had three kids <laughs> in four years so this is that a, sounds fun that was a good idea yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the er, this is the my early 30s okay i have three kids in four years yeah so after that first year when i wanted to go back to teaching um my wife's like uh you sure <laughs> i'm like yeah this is what i want to do she supports that right so but they said to me back then how about if we even offer you a little bit more money? Will that change your opinion? So finally, I, I hate to say it. This maybe isn't good advice. I stayed for the money. Okay. I, so I said, okay, teaching career, you're done. I got to do this. I'm a father now. I got three kids. Mm-hmm. I got to do what's best for the family. So then I, I left my teaching career, made a contract, and started making even more money, and I did that. Right. So now through the 90s, that's what I did. I mean, through the uh, 2000s. 2000s, yeah. Really but... The plot thickens. I don't know if I'm boring you. No, you're not. You're not I boring me at all. To... I was going to pull a nugget out of that, though, give is me, that I think that I think the uh, the real the lesson there is not the staying for the money, but you were valuable to WNEP, right? You made yourself valuable. And I think a lot of people can just start to realize that if they are themselves a little bit more or if they do things a little bit differently, that might lead to yes. a better career for them. Very good. That... You, uh, you can only make money in this world either by being valuable to a business by making them money yeah. or you yourself make your own money. Yeah. Otherwise you're not going to make money in this world. <laughs> Whether that, I don't know if that's a goal that shouldn't be a goal really to make a lot right. of money, but you figure like you're not going to make good money in this world unless you're making it for someone else so that they can give you more. <laughs> yeah, right. Or you make it yourself by your own business. Yeah. So I think I was making them money and they knew that. So let's hire them full time. Let's give them more money and that's fine. But recall now that, I still wanted more from life. So my plan was this, get my master's degree so I could teach college. Okay. So and this was, you're in your thirties, then decide you want your master's degree? I started my master's when I was in my twenties, but then it kind of was on halt because I was working at WNEP. Okay. It was on halt. I took maybe six credits and that was it. Okay. So now that they offer me this full-time position, I'm not working weekends. I have more time. Yeah. So I started working towards my master's degree in environmental science. So I'm going, um, now- I remember this, three kids, leaving them periodically, 
to drive an hour to East Stroudsburg University back. Oh, work. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, my wife didn't have to work. So I was able to do that. But now by the um, early 2000s, I get a master's degree. I'm working full time at 16. I got three small children at home. But now I start looking for a teaching position. <laughs> so it's great. Yeah. It's like the mid 2000s, 2005, 6, 7. And I, um, I worked a little bit at um, Luzerne County Community College. Okay. But eventually I chomped on to Marywood. Yeah. And which is why we're here together. Yeah. And I started teaching meteorology and here I am doing both. So now I'm, I'm, I'm back where I started. Instead of yeah. full-time teaching, part-time meteorology, it's full-time meteorology, part-time, part-time teaching, teaching. But I feel fulfilled and life is great. Can you speak to what being an adjunct professor is like because that's a conversation i'm usually interested in people just want to know like kind of how the money is with adjunct professing or or professing teaching if or if it's more of just a passion Passion, project for you money yeah (laughs) well that's that's the reaction i'm looking for now if you're if you're a full-time tenured professor at a college you're probably doing really good okay considering how much you work i mean summer's off and there's a lot of time off when you're an instructor But when you're an adjunct part-time professor, you're not making yeah. a lot of money. And I didn't even, I don't even think I, hey, here's a lesson. When I went for the interview at Channel 16 to work part-time, I never even asked about money. I didn't say, what are you going to pay me? That wasn't even a factor. I was like, oh my God, I get to go work with weather data, professional weather data, and then tell people about it? I think I even told them this to my chagrin. You don't even have to pay me. I'll do this for free. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably the approach I took at Marywood, too. Like, yeah. I get to teach students on a college level, meteorology, geology, oceanography. Yeah. I never even asked them what the pay was. I didn't even care. Right. As long as I was interacting and being passionate and having a good time. Yeah. So if you're asking me what I do make. <laughs> I'm not, but. It's it's not that. Uh, I uh, You know, it's a few thousand a semester. Yeah. I guess what I should the but way keep in mind it's it's once a week for three hours. Yeah, I was gonna say. I guess what I want to say is that is it paying enough that other adjunct professors would be incentivized to do it for uh, let me the think paycheck? about that. So you're saying assuming what they have other jobs? Yeah, like if I'm a lawyer and there's an adjunct, well, oh, a lawyer I see. probably wouldn't. But like if there's an adjunct professing professor job open somewhere and I have a full time job, is it gonna be enough that I'm like, ooh, I want to take that? Or is it just going to be another thing on my plate? Yeah, I wouldn't do it for point. the money. But if you it, give me an example, let's say someone has a job, they're a nurse or a RN or they're a, mm-hmm. they're a lawyer. Yeah, and I don't know, they're making seventy, eighty thousand a year. Yeah, you you, you in a year, you, if you work at junk teaching a course or two, you're going to make another ten thousand. Okay, that's not yeah. insignificant, right? But for me, it was enough to help pay for my kids' college. Okay, they so every check that I got yeah. from Marywood, I would write to my kids' bills, and that helped. I didn't need that money. It was free, it was like free money. Yeah. So I helped my kids get through college. Is there any part of that job that you like dread right now, the teaching job in itself? Do you ever just think, I don't want to be grading these papers. I don't no. want to be going to the school today. I don't even know if you grade papers. That's the other thing. I do thing. all that. Right. Here's, okay. here's, a, here's the weird part. Are you ready for this? Twice a week, I go to Marywood from noon until three o'clock. Yeah. During a normal semester. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So get, get this, how the brain works. On those days, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll wake up at three in the morning and the first thing that hits my brain is on a Tuesday, for example, oh my God, it's that day. <laughs> Not only do I have to work a full-time shift at WNEP, right. but then I have to go to Marywood after. 
the first thing it's like stress. Oh my goodness, all this. When are you at WNEP? Like four to eleven, something like yeah, that. Okay, it's close. But here's the moral of the story: those days are my happiest. Okay. Once you get in them. Yeah. Once you get over that initial. Once you get over that, you wake up. Oh my morning. god. I <laughs> but yet, when I come home at three o'clock on those Tuesdays and Thursday, they're the best days of the week. I did all that. I I interacted. I changed lives. I was productive. I was. Um, the dopamine was flowing. <laughs> the the you know what I mean. So they're the days that turn out to be the, which goes back to my original statement about people who sit in their home all day. <laughs> Your brain is falling apart. You got to right. make yourself do the things that you don't want to do. They end up being the most productive. They be be the most yeah. fulfilling. I didn't listen to you guys. I didn't want to come up here and do this today. <laughs> I didn't. I right. rather go home. At least my brain was saying. Yeah. Don't do that. Just go home. Yeah, just say no. Have a sandwich. <laughs> but I know when I'm leaving here, whenever that yeah. is, I'm going to be like, I met those two dudes. Yeah. I contributed to the world. I interacted. I was in a new place. That was a great day. And you know what? What's today? Is today Thursday? Yes. All those Thursdays that I'm going to have from here on out, I'm going to forget. Guess what's, which one I'm going to remember? That Thursday, I hung out and did a podcast <laughs> with those two dudes. Yeah. So that's the lesson. You got to force yourself to do those things. Have you been doing any of these outside of your own? Podcast? You get, yeah. Do you get asked a lot to do? Yeah, maybe not podcasts. I did about but... uh, four of them. Okay. Yeah, four. Right. I think four. I was just five. curious because when I was doing all my like pre homework and stuff, I was one of the things I'll do is I'll try to find other times that the person has been a guest, and I just wasn't finding anything. So with me, in it? Like, yeah, I've been uh, this. Plenty. Of, there's plenty of content online of you, you. But yeah, yep. Did know, a few. Did a few. How are you gonna get this uh, stuff out? Do you just do through your web, uh, your connections on social media and stuff? So yeah. So this one in particular, I mean, it goes to YouTube. It goes to all the podcasting platforms. This one I haven't been pushing a ton in terms of advertising. That hurts my feelings. Well, listen. my ego is at stake. If you don't push it, I feel like I'm a worthless. Okay, what if I life. what if I only push this one and just not <laughs> the rest of the episodes, and I make everybody else feel really bad? Because I'm pushing Joe Snedeker's I'm just and not everybody else. You do what you got to no. do. I'm here to but help. I know. Because I've been doing this for a while. You know, this is this is like my fourth <coughs> show that I've started now. Because it's been, it's been a big game of me trying to figure this out. You know, that's, I, I'm what kind of in the fourth. I thought you've done many. Well, I've done, I, I mean like fourth different oh, show. Oh, like title, like series. Yeah. yeah. Why? They just, they reach a dead end. Kind of. Like so my first one, my first one was called JRP Daily. Um, when I was at Marywood, it was my sophomore year of school, and I guess I just had more time on my hands than I did homework. So I was like, I'm going to try to find something to do. I, I came across this like weird internet thing of doing a daily content, something or other, and a podcast was on the list of things you could do. And I was like, I read that about you. I could do a daily podcast. Yeah. So my first one was JRP Daily, and my goal with that one. And you're a good writer, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, my, my goal with that one was to do 365 days straight, every fully produced, I um, saw that seven in your, days what a week. was that in your bio or something? You read all that. Uh, it it's was all over the internet. And you by did now. it though. But I, t I did do it. And then when we did, because he was a part of that, he would be on it once a week. <laughs> I, I interviewed a couple of like my biggest inspirations ever through zoom and stuff. And I was just kind of, how'd like, you my, do that? My mind expanded so much. Same way I got you here. I just find their emails. I go to their website, find an email. 
hey, do you want to do this? I send it to a gazillion people. And do you feel like they're, two, three, they're cooperative a lot of times? or not, not cooperative, but at least interested or curious? Yeah, I feel like I feel like it separates. So one thing that I try to tell people all the time that I notice, because I've reached out to a lot of like really big Instagram personalities, stuff like that, really big name entrepreneurs, is that what separates the people that grow to like a moderate famous, like maybe a hundred thousand ish a lot of the times versus the people that have like millions is their authenticity. Right. And I felt like there were a couple of really, really big entrepreneurs that have huge supplement companies, huge, this, that, and the other, that at least responded back to me. If not, we're on the podcast, you know, that have millions of people following and so forth. And they felt authentic. They felt genuinely interested knew how to manage their time to make it happen, et cetera. So the inauthentic people, they would not get back to you. you Pretty much. Or I would find these people that just, this makes me the most authentic dude around then. Yeah. Yeah. I like your relationship. I like that. (laughs) I like that anecdotal research. It makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, there's two types of people. There's the big fish in the small pond is what I ran into a lot of, you know, someone that has that hacked their way to 10,000 Instagram followers and thinks they're hot shit. And, you know, I message them and say like, Hey, would you want to come and do this? They'll be like, no, I don't have time for that. Some people have tried to charge me for their time in order to do this. Like, yeah, I charge like $300 an hour for, to do podcast interviews or whatever. I'm like, okay. And then I just leave (laughs) the conversation because I have other people that say yes, but that's interesting. Yeah. It's a, I did definitely have to learn to like not let it get under my skin more so, you know, like some, I get a lot of people that say no. Or I also get a lot of people that say yes, but then never actually do it. I was almost you know? that guy. Almost, but I mean, you're here. <laughs> there it's, was a part of like... me that thought I was going to come up here and I get mugged and raped. <laughs> I mean, it still could happen or no? You're not out of the woods yet. I was going <laughs> <laughs> to say, I can't, I can't tell you you couldn't. That's exactly what a guy that was going to do it would say. Yeah, you're but, right. um, but I don't think it's going to happen. First, we interviewed him. Worth. We got, a, <laughs> we got a podcast out of him just to just to get him at ease and trick him, and then all of a sudden, boom! We offered him some water, <laughs> some roofies in it. Yeah. Next thing you know, I wake up at uh, Gay's True Value Hardware with my underwear on backwards. Is that what was going to happen? Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> I've been is, at that is, hardware is store. Yeah, of, it's is, great. Is there some sort of like it's a drama great... that you're trying to subliminally, subliminally bring up no, right now? No, <laughs> it's a great hardware store. Okay. I know. My dad used to work there. Nice. But um, yeah. So where does that leave me? I was just about to say something else too on that podcast. Oh, like you mentioned a bunch of times getting you here too, is that I follow up with those people that I really want to have on. And you know that, you know, I get, I, this guy I is keep... Mr. Persistent. Folks. Yeah, <laughs> it was email. And there were sometimes, you know, respect the honesty. I'd see, Oh God, him again. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, I, I get the same thing when my wife texts me. So don't take, <laughs> don't take it personally. Well, I, I won't. Persistence. And... And I sense a passion with you. Yeah. So I think when you're big, I want you to remember me. I will. Okay. I definitely will. Yeah. yeah remember me. Yeah. Remember your small town weather boy. Yeah. Weather boy, how do do you, as a meteorologist, I want you to talk a little bit more about what the full job entails, as opposed to just. Do you feel like that people think that you just stand on the TV? I feel like meteorology is one of the most misunderstood sciences and disciplines on planet Earth. You know, I mean, people really think, 
Why'd you make it? Was that a was that a pun? I was planet Earth. Well, no, there could be there could be other civilizations and other worlds. (laughs) Okay, I want to cover my bases. It's a it's an uh, amazingly complex science, and I'm not trying to brag here. Right. That takes a lot of um, knowledge base to then come up with a forecast, which could be screwed up within moments, and then people (laughs) really think. That we just kind of make things up. We have right. this dartboard. Today was not a bad example. Um, I was calling yeah, for I snow showers. Yeah, I noticed that when I looked at I was calling for snow showers. Yeah. And I knew it would just be fleeting, and then the sun would peak out, which is happening now. Right. But it snowed for like three hours. And of course, here comes the hate emails. You said it <laughs> snow showers. You guys are always wrong. You're a bunch of idiots. Yeah. Or with the snowstorm we had in December. Where, yeah. Where, I remember um, that. Here's what fries my ham. If we forecast eight to twelve inches of snow, yeah, and you get two feet of snow, you guys are idiots. <laughs> but yet, we forecasted days before that event that it would snow, that yeah. it would be cloudy, that it would be windy, that right. we the temperatures would be in the low thirties. But because we got only twelve inches or two feet of snow instead of twelve inches, now we're idiots. Yeah. But yet in the summer. If we forecast a rainy day, let's say today is Thursday. Let's say next Monday it's going to rain. Okay. And it does rain. Yeah. No one cares. But (laughs) I was forecasting a half an inch of rain. Right. And it rained all day, but we got two inches of rain. Yeah. No one's going to say we were idiots for getting that wrong, even though that's a pretty big factor that we missed. We said a half an inch of rain, but we got two inches of rain. But to everyone, it was just a cloudy, rainy day, and we were right on. Well, I was going to say with the snow, too, I feel like... I feel like people obviously wouldn't put as much hate mail into it if you overshot how much we were going to get. Yeah, but then you're the don't. Then you're the cry wolf guy too many times. Okay, "Ah, they're always gone for so much. You can't can't win with snow totals. The truth is, meteorology is about a ninety-seven percent accuracy science. If you're talking about within four or five days, Um, and that the variability then increases beyond five, six, seven days. So you don't want to listen too much to a forecast beyond seven, eight, nine days. The atmosphere is too chaotic, but we're damn good with, with forecasts considering all the variables. Yeah. Now, what are those variables? Educate me on this a little bit. Like how you actually get to a forecast. Like It's so hard to even begin to explain. Okay. Because a lot of it, they just say is the old computers. (laughs) Right. The truth is that computer models how shall I say this? It's the modeling of the atmosphere that gives us a blueprint of what the future looks like. We then sit down and look at these blueprints and decipher them for the public. Um, but to start with a forecast, there's not a one meteorologist. You can get a meteorologist with three PhDs in physics and meteorology with a big long beard mm-hmm. who's been doing yeah. it his whole life. And he cannot tell you what it's going to be like next Monday without computer models. It's just not possible. So yes, we are a, a a visual science that is directed by computer modeling of the atmosphere. Now, what is computer modeling of the atmosphere? It's almost like if uh, this phone here, right? It weighs X amount of ounces or grams. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going to happen if I drop this phone onto the corner of the desk? Where will it land down there? And what will be the effects on the phone? 
the only way you're going to know is to what? Do it. Yeah. But if I model this entire room, the density of the air, the density of the wood, the density and mass of the phone, what it's made up of, what the case is made up of, the angle that I'm going to drop it up at, how it hits the corner, how it shall then refract off of that, bend down mm -hmm. and land on your floor. What's the uh, density of the floor, the material of the floor? You could pretty much determine where this thing is going to end up right there. What percentage of it's going to be broken? <laughs> and in terms of the glass cover. Yeah. You can model all that, and then I don't have to break my phone. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I could say the computer model told me all this based on the physical parameters. Okay. Or you could do that with a car. You can slam a car into a wall with the crash test dummies, or you can use physics yeah. to calculate the mass of the car, the properties of the dummies, the the speed of the car as it approached the wall, all the parameters of the car engine and the makeup, the sheet metal. And that computer model will show you pretty much what's going to happen to that car. You don't have to ram it into the wall. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So meteorology, what you're doing is you're loading it with atmospheric parameters. Okay. From temperature to humidity to wind direction from the surface all the way up to five miles all around the earth. And then you're running simulations of what the atmosphere is going to do in the future, 24 hours, 36 hours, 48 hours. And then these computer models spit out the data. They will help us determine where cyclones, low pressure systems go. But there's a lot more to it that we have to then extract from that data. But basically, yes, I come in at 4, 3.30, 4 in the morning. I look at computer models, which are these simulations of the Earth system. And then I tailor it down to our area based on terrain, based on topography. And we make forecasts. Oh, the temperature is going to get up to about 40 today. We're going to have a south wind. There's going to be snow. I know it because there's a little, what we call a short wave moving through in the atmosphere. We see it on the satellite. We can then model to see how fast it's going to move through. And I know the effects of all this. So this is how we forecast the weather. But what if that short wave, the models didn't pick up on it as big or it amplified a little bit more than it was supposed to. Or what if I drop this phone and it tilted just a little yeah. bit off. So instead of flying three inches that way, Oh, it hit the chair. Yeah. I never saw that coming. And yeah. then it rolled over there. Oh my God. Yeah. So you miss things. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's a misconception that people have about science all around too, is that, People, especially now, is they like to go on the internet and be like, this is what science says, as if that makes it a hard, concrete, foolproof, right answer. And if there's like one thing I actually picked up from the one science credit I did take in college. What, what was that, by the way? I took DNA forensics online. Who was that with? Actually, it's a good question. You're probably, right. That's all right. You don't probably remember. the only teacher I don't Why remember his name. Why did you take any of the my courses? They weren't... I'm telling you the timing. It was you would have loved it, dude. You would have loved. You would have. I probably would have. You would have gotten the base knowledge of the atmosphere and how complex it is. Yes. I had sorry. I had one friend at college that dropped your class and when i asked why it uh -oh. was because you were too much to handle <laughs> like basically that was basically the answer <laughs> too much to handle yeah meaning what and, too much it, information it, it, too, too much too hyperactivity i guess i don't know Damn, i don't know for everyone the, the but that's energy from college kids who you know that's what i was gonna say if like, it was a, it was a person that kind of had that problem themselves which is what was funny about it and we're like you, you think he has ADHD, like you have that. Yeah, that, in, that's just a fun 
in, side story. In my class, it's almost like if you got a tiger out of captivity and put it in a room. <laughs> you know, so I'm all over the place. I'm jumping around, but there is organization structure and it's yeah. very fair. Yeah. And honest. Yeah. You know, so I'm Yeah, not to balance out that story, I've had ton of people just give me word of mouth excellent review. I had a teacher in high school that had you in college actually. Get out of here. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. So yeah. I'm that old. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just as a as an instructor, as a human being, all you have to be is fair to people. Lose the ego. Be honest. Be fair. Mm -hmm. Don't try to intimidate. No one should make something more difficult than it really is. Yeah, you know. So it, it's easy to be a good teacher. It's easier to be a good human. It's easy to be a good everything. Just yeah. treat other people like you wanted to be treated. So what what are the things that you do in class to get around that? Are you a? I've been told this before, but I don't remember. Are you like a no tests or a no, I give, I give tests. Test I give a very standard and, and traditional with tests yeah. and quizzes. I've heard about you like laying on the floor to get people to ask questions and stuff. Is that <laughs> I all, do that. Is I that do all that. true? You okay. have to be an entertainer yeah. know, to be a good teacher. I believe that. Yeah. So, I believe you have to be an entertainer to be good at almost anything almost now. And anything. I think, I think no, you figured that out with how many meteorologists around here, or how many weathermen around anywhere have the same kind of reputation that you do. But at the same time, you put yourself on the line. Let's go back to that okay. incorrect forecast. Yeah. So Snedeker shows up in the morning. He's got shorts on. <laughs> he, 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 he's, and, it's, he's, and it's December 28th, it's by December the way. It's December 28th. <laughs> There's a snowstorm coming in three days. He's got shorts on. He was messing around with the rubber chicken. <laughs> He, 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 he threw an, a rotting pumpkin over the bank. He hit it with a baseball bat. Then I get into the forecast and I got it wrong. Let's just say yeah. this, not wrong, but at least some aspects of it straight off course. Yeah. What an idiot. He, he's, he's got a rubber chicken in the backyard. He's throwing stuff over the bank. He doesn't know what he's doing. He gets that forecast wrong. Well, the same guy on another station, very proper suit and tie mm -hmm. very deadpan dry but very informative he got the forecast wrong too <laughs> but who's gonna look like a bigger fool i am because right. i was silly and i got the forecast wrong yeah so yeah it looks I, less like an honest mistake for you is what you're saying yeah i okay. get i get that a lot if you if you if you're a little bit silly and you don't take yourself too seriously and your heart's on your sleeve and you do something wrong yeah you know what a fool he is of course he's wrong but the other guys got it wrong too, but right. they have a more serious approach. So it doesn't seem yeah. as they were, it makes yourself vulnerable. Yeah. And but at the same that. time, the people I, and I've been noticing, you've been like posting more kind of bringing it to the spotlight, more of this hate mail that you get. I love when I get hate job. mail. I love it. I know. I, I see it. it. I, I don't know. It. I don't know if I've been following you too recently or anything. So I feel like that hasn't, has that picked up? recently have you been getting more hate mail no, or have you just no, been showing uh, no it more? if anything it's the reverse it's okay, i'm like a guy nice. who at first got married you guys have girlfriends at first no. okay <laughs> you first get married or you first date a girl and you know what ticks her off <laughs> but you, you you're always getting into trouble ah oh, you came home late oh you didn't wear the right shoes out on a date you're running into all this trouble at first but yeah. then you come back after years you're so beaten down by causing her to become upset you don't do anything anymore you know mm -hmm. you 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 don't want to upset her so you know what not to do yeah that's my career in the, <laughs> in the beginning i would tick a lot of people off for doing all these things yeah but i've been reprimanded by management so many times 
that every time I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not doing that again. Oh, I guess I'm not doing that. So I've become more uh, of a of a of a sanded down okay. guy, even though I, I was trying to say that's hard to believe. Well, <laughs> You'll go back to years ago. I used to do a lot of off the wall stuff, but it's so the hate mail comes in. You say it doesn't bother you, but it does. Okay. So after so many years, I'm like, okay, I'm just not doing that anymore. Yeah. You take the path of least resistance. Okay. So I, I've become less. The hate mail is always there. As a matter of fact, right. going back to you, my original story, remember in 1999 when they asked me to go full-time? Yeah. This is a true story. The, the GM at the time, I think it was the GM, yeah, and the news director, they said, Joe, did you know 80% of the people out there love watching you? They love what you do. It's fun. It's entertaining. 10% of the people, they can take you or leave you. I go, okay, that's 90%. What about the other 10%? I said, and they said, oh, they hate you. (laughs) They not only hate you, if they see you on the streets, they're going to kill you. And then he goes, that's why we want you here. (laughs) So if if you're going to go through life vanilla, not offending anyone, fine. You're not going to offend anyone. You're not going to make a mark either. You're just going to be that guy. You're just going to be another guy. Not even that guy. guy. So the way I do things, I know there's going to be people who hate me. So, I mean, not, not so what, but so. Yeah. You well, know? you're right. Like, it's got to be that way. If it's you, got to think can't... of anyone who is very, not that I'm trying to be popular or successful, yeah. but they're polarizing. They're prominent, yeah. Whether it's Howard Stern. Yeah. You know, whether it's some athletic figure, they're always the yeah. ones that are a little love-hate. Yeah. You know? People give you, give a lot of attention to the things that they hate, too. Right. Like, you know, you get those hate mail and you put it on Facebook and all of a sudden it's just going to get the people that really like you on your side. On my side. Did you see the one from last week or two weeks ago? I'm sure I did. All right. So we had a foot of snow. Yeah. Whenever that was two weeks ago. And um, I was shoveling it off my deck at home. And I saw as I was shoveling it off my deck, this big yellow stain on the deck below the snow. (laughs) So I'm like, this is funny post. My dog yeah. won't even go five feet from the house to go into the woods to pee. He's going to go right on the deck because there's so much <laughs> snow. So I took a picture of the yellow snow on the deck stand. Yeah. And I said, whoa, look at this. Jet won't even go off my deck to go pee. There's so much snow. Wouldn't you know? And then I show that on TV, by the way, that picture of my post. Right. Wouldn't you know this person sent me a personalized metal, uh, letter how <laughs> how annoyed they were. Yeah. How frustrated, how offended that I thought it would be entertaining to show a picture of my dog's pee on yeah. TV. They were offended. They're never watching again. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> you have got to be kidding me that this bothered you. Yeah. I'm just trying to make things entertaining. Yeah. Everyone can relate. If you have a pet, your dog doesn't want to go outside in the snow. So we peed on the deck, yeah. but, but here's, here's the truth of it. Call me insecure. I probably will not show pee on my deck again because that right. one person, because it's playing on yeah. my mind. I can see that. You know what I mean? Like I don't, uh, you know, I just rather avoid that static. Right. And it's terrible. Yeah. It sucks. The, the other thing that what it is for me too, is just, I think of that person you know, whoever it was took the time or to, could you, imagine? you know, and I can't even imagine, I, you know, if I'm watching TV and I see something that I don't like, 
I turn off the TV. Right, you're never going <laughs> to write them. <laughs> like, but here's the, the here's the uh, here's the real balance act. It'd be different if I owned my own business and I got hate mail. It wouldn't bother me. I'm like, I'm gonna keep doing what I got to do. Yeah. But when managers get mm-hmm. the hate mail, Snedeker keeps showing yellow snow. <laughs> So then management says, we better put a stop to this because that's all they see is the negative stuff. Right. So yeah. now they're getting a, a twisted image of Snedeker because they're only getting the negative stuff. People generally don't write positive stuff. Yeah. So well, now it affects yeah. them and that affects me. An example is any theme park, Knobles, mm-hmm. Disney World, pick a theme park. Yeah. Imagine if you're the guy who has to check the complaint box every day. <laughs> So at all, Disney World. At Disney World. <laughs> Think of the millions of people that come through, right. have a great time, and leave. Yeah. But if you go by just the complaint yeah. box, yeah, you got four if your job complaints. is the complaint box, you think everybody's having a miserable time. Yeah. My fries were cold. The, <laughs> the ride got stuck. There was gum on the walkway. Your perception of Disney World is look at people. All they want to do is complain about things. This place must be horrible, right? If you're the guy who reads the yeah. complaint box, that's yeah, your only that's job. That's your only job, yeah. So that's what managers have of twisted view of reality because mm-hmm. all they get is the negative stuff yeah. when it should be really forgotten or at least put in perspective. Yeah, I see that. I think, I think that goes a step further actually now too with, with social media. I know that's a oh, hot topic. To classic. All you're getting is it's, angry. It, I was going to say, we're doing it to ourselves at this point yes. too, where we're just, we see rides in the streets and we like it and we watch it for a long time. Yes. And that's the way the social media algorithm, yeah. all of the algorithms yes. work. It's dwelling it's, on that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you paid a lot of attention to this thing. We're going to show you more of this thing. And I don't know why that's still not getting through some people's heads. Don't you and, wonder uh, where the future is going? Because there's so much. I think we were better off when we didn't know what people thought. When you didn't know right. what your neighbor thought. What yeah. you didn't. Because now everyone has this platform where they tell you everything. How they feel. <laughs> yeah. I love Trump. I hate Trump. Yeah. I hate this show on TV. I hate chocolate. They, every, <laughs> you know what everyone's thinking now. Yeah. Imagine you're in high school, right? And you're given this device by someone, by a time traveling wizard, and now you can read minds. Could you imagine? Oh that? my god! So yeah, I wouldn't now, have wanted that in high school. <laughs> but you would probably say, "I want it. I want that." Yeah. But now you're 14 years old, and you find out you're reading minds. So your teacher, whoa, he pretends to like you, but he really thinks you're a punk. Now you know that. How are you going to feel about your teacher? How about that girl you had a crush on? Yeah. Now you realize she doesn't even look at you. She hates you. <laughs> How about your best buddy? He, 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 you know, he's your friend and everything, but he actually thinks you're, you dress like an idiot. If you had that device, mm-hmm. you would hate everybody and everybody would have this insight into what everyone's thinking and people would just not get along. Yeah. So in a way, social media is yes, doing that. Doing that. There's it, things we shouldn't people, know what other people yeah. think. We're better off. Yeah. Well, it also just kills most people's ability to think for themselves. I think. Okay. When they go with that too, when I that that's just in the sense of like you see what everybody else is wearing. You oh. know, you see what people on Instagram are thinking. You see what other people are thinking. So it's like peer you know, pressure to a politics. new level. Well, yeah. It almost makes you like question, like, well, I didn't think that, but it seems like everybody on my social media feed thinks oh, this good. way. Oh, yeah. So I better you think know? that. 
so you know so i guess i guess that's the way or maybe it's a topic you never thought about at all you know and yeah, but now it's and there just like i didn't i didn't have an opinion but now i saw this opinion so i'm gonna go with that opinion well jp what's the answer to, to just ignore social media i don't not... know if it's to ignore social media i think it's to be intentional about what's going into your head whether it's through social media, through talking to other people, that's a big part of the reason I like doing this because I talk to people that I agree with. I talk to people I don't agree with uh -huh. and I listen or I make the best attempt I can to listen to them as I do that. I read books, which isn't the most common thing for people my age you're to right. do. No, you're a thinker, you know? I can tell. And yeah, I think a lot. All I ever do is think. That's why I'm but, here because um, you're a thinker. I knew that. But <laughs> well, what's the answer then? I don't know. We, we, I don't you know can't there put the genie an back in the bottle. Social media is out. You're right. You know, I, you know, to be honest with you, my Facebook story is, this goes back to my mom with the toaster and everything and the microwave and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. I said she was rejecting technology. When did Facebook really blow up? Like 2010, maybe eight? I don't know. Maybe really blew up. Yeah. Eight, eight to 10. Something. Eight to 10. So, I mean, I was still, I was in my forties then. I was still an older guy. <laughs> and I, and while everyone was doing Facebook, I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. Right. That's stupid. Management then says, guess yeah. what? Everyone at WNEP. <laughs> Everyone's on Facebook. We need you to have a social uh, presence on Facebook. We were making or highly suggesting all of our on-air personalities do Facebook. And I'm like, no, I'm not yeah. doing this. Wouldn't you know, though, I started doing it, and it really expanded my mind, connecting me with a lot of mm -hmm. other people, groups, organizations, bands that I listen to. I'm right. following them. I'm, I get on their tour schedule. So I think, thank God, WNEP made me get a Facebook account because a lot of guys my age, your dads maybe, do they have Facebook? I, I don't know. Oh, I know my. Facebook is now the older person thing. My. But at the time, <laughs> no, I probably wouldn't even have one even right. today because yeah. it was a younger person thing. And now I'm glad I have it. Yeah. You know, and it's a way to connect. And I've expanded my connections with people so much thanks to Facebook. So I'm glad, but yeah. yet there's a lot of negativity. I'm actually glad you bring up that thing with our dads because, well, his dad is a different story than mine. Uh -oh. But, um, <laughs> but you know, my dad is definitely that same way with just being resistant to yes. anything new age. But he is so sucked into his phone at this point now. Like is it just he? finally got to him there. And it's almost like he's still trying to be resistant. And what that what that tells me is I think people are seriously numb to how much social media is... I mean, coming he, into their life he can't resist pretty much i mean it, it's at the point where it's 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 like that stereotype thing that you see of like a group of friends you know like six guys in a living room like all sitting right next yeah, to each other all, all yeah, on their phones yeah. like i get that vibe around both of my parents now at this point they're and doing it's that. just like yeah but they're the same ones that when it was first starting like to make those memes in the first place yes making fun. i remember making fun of that 10 but, years ago plus like what's yeah. with these young people look at them they're all sitting around and now i'm on it all the time yeah. too i try to be like hyper conscious about it and it is so awkward these days when you're not on your phone the best example i have is college when you go into a class yeah they're before all the teacher gets they're there. all sitting there there's Everyone's, like yeah. 70 there's no interaction at all and i I, I, I'm not going to act like I don't interact but with people. But what are you going to do? You're going to be like, hey, Julie, <laughs> nice to meet you. What made you take this class? 
then it's forced. It so I don't know what so the answer awkward. is. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is too. I sit there a lot of times, like <clears throat> very consciously not being on my phone, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, you, you, this world of information could be going in your head, and you're resisting it. It's hard. Yeah, it's but hard. get this, answer. Riddle me this. Yeah. All right, you go. Do you have a grandmother? I have one. Yeah, one. Right, still, let's say you go around, see Graham. Yeah. yeah. And she's sitting at home, doing a puzzle. Yeah. Or doing a crossword puzzle or doing yeah. literally a physical puzzle you know how old people do all these <laughs> yeah. little primitive things no one when those I was are the a, things that his parents did <laughs> well, my, but, but no but my i remember when i was in my 20s i would see these older people and they would just sit and do inane things for hours whether it's read a magazine yeah. do, do puzzles or or crochet pick something mm-hmm. So no one would judge them. Like if you do a crossword puzzle for four hours, that's not to be laughed at that. Look at them They're That's fun. But yet if you see someone sitting on their phone for four hours, that's frowned upon. And in my opinion, look at all the things you can be doing on your phone. Not only might you be looking at interesting articles in Wikipedia or science apps or, or watching productive YouTube videos, right? Everything is on your phone videos, music, articles, novels, podcasts. Yeah. But yet we judge people when they sit there and look at them. And, and I'm, I'm trying not to do that anymore because how is that different from grandma right. doing crossword puzzles for two hours, me sitting there on my phone, maybe on my flipbook ad, uh, my <laughs> flipboard. What is it called? I have to look. Do you have Flipboard? I love Flipboard. Is it Flipboard or Flipbook? I think it's Flipboard. This one right here. Fun fact, a long, long time ago, Flipboard is spon- this, is this not one old- of my podcasts. Why, is this old people thing? I I don't know. I don't know if it ever really caught on. But I love it. Look at my Flipboard. Uh, I don't know what it is yet. I still don't know. Look at all these things. Yeah. News, technology, science, Rolling Stone, geology, mm-hmm. ancient history. Yeah. How do you know I'm not sitting there reading articles on my phone? So mm-hmm. to me, all the criticism of people sitting on their phone, in some cases, it's not warranted. I sit there and I'll look and read and learn for hours on my phone. Take that grandma yeah. doing your stupid, <laughs> doing your stupid needlepoint for five hours. Sure, it's going to talk. I, I agree with you. Uh, Justin, I, and you also like articles and informational things on the, on, on our phones and on uh, the internet. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people They're not. spend their time doing silly yeah. stuff. What the are same, they doing the there? Same thing before with like um I, I would say feeding into the like the like the hate that you guys were talking about before. Right. Or Oh, so they're feeding into that. They're they're commenting on posts yeah, and they're they're, comment- yeah. or, and they're or, trying to or, make or, up or a or fake just, world where theirs is better than someone else's. Yeah, or, yeah or complaining like, about yellow snow they're and just stuff. Yeah. By. Like, <laughs> I, they're not a lot of people are, but a strong majority of people I don't think are they're not doing really, these productive really things. These, yeah, they're using these yeah. cool productive tools, like using it as a tool. Yeah. Um, oh, and God, going back I am. to the movies and TV shows, uh, a lot of people just, like you said, they're spectators. They watch the same movie, same TV show. Pathetic. How many times in a row? Pathetic. Yeah. Life's Learn passing you by, man. Well, another thing is that some people use that as their as their excuse, basically, when it's just not use. I'm doing productive things on my phone as an excuse because they think they are and they're just not. They may not be. They're just scrolling through Facebook, you know. Like like with the with the politics when it comes down to a lot. I I I just believe that people should be far less consumed by politics and by totally. sports. Totally. I have no those, interest in politics. Those are two main And it's shoved in everyone's face now, but I yeah. have no interest in it. Oh my gosh, I make it such a point to never be paying attention to it if I 
can be. And the then, worst yet, when you try to influence someone else's politics, has has anyone ever, ever successfully? Done did anyone ever hear from someone? <laughs> I guess you're right. I, you know, I'm not going to follow that anymore. And, I, if, hey. and if the very rare chance, so that why you bother? Do, that yeah, you why do influence bother? someone, then it, then it becomes boring for you. Then you're like, oh, you agree? Well, pff, that's dumb. <laughs> like, I'll even keep it to the the the, the physical. Um, parallel is I hope there's not a sign outside your house here of, of political stuff why no. do people put political signs in their yard like yeah. I'm not going to put a Biden or a Trump because I know what that's going to do yeah. is infuriate other people so keep it to your yeah. <laughs> but it's almost like if what if someone put a sign in their yard I'm Jewish <laughs> yeah. I'm Hindu I'm Catholic. I'd be yeah. like, who cares? Yeah, might as well like stamp so it on why, your forehead. So yeah, why create division? If you exactly. have a political view, keep it to yourself. I'm not yeah. going to put a Trump sign in my yard or a Biden side. I'm going to keep it to myself. No, I'm, nor am I going to put that I'm Catholic or not Catholic. You're only dividing people. Don't do it. Maybe unless your son is running for office or something. <laughs> yeah. Then you can put a political sign. I couldn't there. agree with that more. But you're just dividing people. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm never saying I'm never saying ignore what's going on around you and stuff. I have values, right? I do I do lean one way or the other, but it's just the media, you know, and the side of it that we see is just it's just not good for you. It's at not least good. at least not if you want to be a happy person. No perfect. <laughs> perfect. Let's take yeah. a delight level. How about if you put a sign you're like I love dark chocolate. Yeah. That'll get some people going, man. You'll, I you'll love be getting Lay's letters. potato chips. I don't like Middlesworth. Really? If you put that in the backyard at 16, <laughs> you'll be getting more hate mail. <laughs> but keep it to yourself is my point. Who cares? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I'm I'm running out of stuff here, Joe. Is there anything anything you want to you want to say to the world? It's 117. I want to say to the world, you guys have been great hosts. And I have a Thank great, uh, I think you guys have to stay with your passions and keep. I think we're going, going. to. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Uh, you know, I, podcasts have changed my life. And that's one reason I'm here. You want to see my podcast list? Yeah, I want to. I want One of the reasons, of and I, and it's funny how people are different. I have cycling friends. Yeah. And I'll say to them, um, hey, you got to listen to this podcast. I don't listen to anything when I bike ride. I'm like, that's one of the reasons I do ride my bike. Is so to, I can listen to, to podcasts. <laughs> so uh, podcasts are, have changed my life. Look at all these beauties I have. I already will read some of them out to you. You have the uh, Mark Marin podcast. You better know Mark Maron. Right? I, know, I know of it. I haven't listened to it. But you don't listen to it. So maybe I'm going to add yours to my to my list. But I have science podcast, rock podcast. Yep. There's um, the, we all remember this guy, don't we? Bill Nye, the science Ooh. guy. He has a podcast. So what I'm saying to you is, uh, keep doing your podcast. You're going to connect with people yeah. and anyone who doesn't do podcast, go into your podcast app, app. Yeah. type in anything you're interested in. Yeah. They're almost playing one there for us. And yeah. <laughs> Whether you're talking about, um, uh, crocheting, yeah. hunting, <laughs> meteorology, astronomy. Yeah. And you're going to find you're people find who something. are passionate about it. And you listen to them while you're hiking, walking, biking, changes your world yeah so i'm gonna listen to your right. podcast on some bike ride and it's uh, it's gonna be great yeah. i have a handful of them that i could push to my, my own and my my clients I have clients that do better ones than i do so yeah and that. i wonder don't you wonder what the future is because if you're not making money off of it 
it's a tough thing to do, you know, I'm told yeah. to make money off of your podcast. I guess some are doing it, some of the ones I have, but it's tough maybe to keep it going, right? You, you, have, you reach a point where like, why am I doing this? Well, especially if you don't have the passion for it, you, you know. Need, passion is the key to everything. So I will tell my children this and I'll tell you guys this as if you're my children. There are people, this is a good ending, are you ready? Yeah. There are people in this world that are going to be smarter than you. They're going to be better looking than you. They're going to be stronger than you. But will they have more passion about something than you? You could be number one in that, right? Yeah. And passion will get you better places than being smarter than them, stronger than them, faster than them. You have more passion, baby. Yeah! Passion! That's Joe Snedeker, everybody. <laughs> That's how that works.